the year's 2012. And before the year 2013 hits, there will be an extinction level event. Wiping the human race and everything else, I would suppose, of planet Earth. Fucked up, huh, when you think of it? Mama. How did uh, how'd that go for you? Uh, it was pretty intense, to be honest with you. Oh. It was a scary feeling. Uh, I didn't know which album to pick as my last album. For the Wipeout album? Yeah. So uh, we're now in 2019 in real life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been listening to the same fucking album over and over again. Mm. But the year 2012 was a big year. It was a pretty big year. It was a, uh, it was a, a lot. It, 2011 had a lot more breakouts as to where 2012 had a lot more classics and a lot more full length projects that stood the test of time to this day. Am I wrong or am I right? I think you're absolutely right. The first good album of 2012, what was it? It actually is a mixtape that broke the mixtape websites. Ricky Rose. Renzo Ravioli. Rich Forever. When this came out, I was living back at my parents' house with my brother in the basement. And I can't remember what game. It was probably Call of Duty or SmackDown versus something. And I went to try and download it. And it was not fucking working. This was like... This was when we were still going to fucking B-sides and shit like that. I think even that night we went to Pink Taco or one of those pink... Pink things. This has my favorite Rick Ross song on it. The one where there's the Mike Tyson skit... Mm. at the beginning and this started that year for the big launch of Maybach Music 2 mm-hmm. and the full career of Meek Mill because Meek Mill came out with Dream Chasers 1 and 2 that people went nuts over and Maybach started becoming a big collective People were paying attention to them. And I remember Sean Price tweeted, nobody in the rap game is doing it as good as Maybach music is. And that caught my eye because I was just like, fuck if Sean Price, the first rapper, the purse snatcher, is saying that... The worst rapper, the purse snatcher. What did I say? First rapper? Yeah. That these guys are making noise. People are paying attention to them. So Rick Ross drops the mixtape. And it was flawless. It was a good tape. It was a really good tape. It could probably be in, be in my top 10 mixtapes of all time. It could also probably be Rick Ross's best body work. One of them. Second. if Second? Yeah. We have the bootleg copies of this. Yep. Yeah. So Rich Forever comes out. It's amazing. And this is his, he did what they were doing back in the day with this. It was the buildup for the album. It was the buildup for God Forgives, I Don't. It started like, because you hear him talk about God Forgives, I Don't on this album. It reminded me a bit of the Good Fridays leading up to Twisted Fantasy. Exactly. And also leading up to Maybach Music 2, where... As a collective, they did a pretty good job on it. Now, is every song on that good? No. no. But. They did all right. They did all right. And I think them and another group that we'll talk about after were really running hip hop at that point. On different levels, yeah. On different sure. levels. Uh, they were actually. Maybach was actually pushing the other group in a way. Yes, because yeah. on Maybach 2. Kendrick is on there. Mm-hmm. there. So there's no surprise that Yeah, there's not it, it's a 9 minute song, the first song on the on the Maymac Music 2 and Kendrick 
has the final verse, which to me is just like, okay, Rick Ross is there as a brand. It's a brand. And he doesn't always have the light on him. He wants to push his artists and different artists. So he was pushing Meek Mill. He was pushing 2 Chains. He was pushing Wale. He was pushing Gunplay. He was pushing Stally. He was pushing Amarion. He was pushing Nipsey Hussle because Nipsey Hussle's on Maybach yeah. Music too. So he's pushing a bunch of these artists all under That's the... That's very Ross-like though. Yes, all under the Maybach Music Rick Ross yeah. umbrella and getting... He was doing the right thing by getting these guys' albums hyped. I'm releasing an album. Go listen to this. Meek Mill's going to release an album. Here's our collective body of work. Mm-hmm. Stally's going to release an album. Here's our collective body of work. And it got people to listen and people, the hype. Like, mm-hmm. they watch the Throne hype. There's a hype coming up. Yeah. And that year, you have Rich Forever, Maybach Music 2, Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmare, a bunch of gunplay mixtapes, mm-hmm. 601 and Snort. And if I'm not mistaken, two Stally mixtapes, Wale Ambition. And God Forgives, I Don't, mm-hmm. which is probably top five best album covers in the history of music. Yeah. <laughs> but he his rollout was unlike any other massive. rollout. It was massive. Like I remember online, it was just on the hip hop website was Rick Ross, Rick Ross, Meek Mill, Meek Mill, Wale, Wale. If you put out almost 10 bodies of work, whether it's a mixtape, an album, a collective album, all in that year, and I could be wrong, there could be more than 10, then you're doing something. You're gaining traction. Mm -hmm. People are listening to you. People want to listen to you. The Meek Mill album, to me, Dreams and Nightmare, is 6.57 on 10. There is really good songs on that album. And then there's some songs that but when that came out, you remember, yeah. I was fucking all over that shit. I tried getting into that. It wasn't for me. I like it more today, actually, than I did then. Because it, like, it grew well. And that song that the Philadelphia Eagles play as the team and stuff like that, the, the intro to the album. But he went really like, it was a very hip-hop vibe to it. That's another artist that Jay-Z really pushes, huh? Yeah, Meek Mill. I found that it, Meek Mill is an artist sometimes that it's very hard for him to switch his flow. Because he always gets that, he always has that fast, fast, repetitive flow. Mm-hmm. But he's getting better as an artist now. But like, that was huge. People were waiting for that since the Dream Chasers mixtapes. Mm-hmm. What did Ross do? Took all off of him and pushed Meek Mill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Ross is probably the least selfish guy in hip hop to this day. Mm-hmm. To this day. And he cares about his artists. Khaled. Yeah. He's big on pushing people. Yeah. Uh, Rick Ross had... How many features that year? He was he all was over. everywhere. He was everywhere. McMill, so many features. Mm-hmm. God Forgives I Don't might go down as one of the most underrated albums of the decade, I think. It's very long. It is, yeah. But it's well produced. There's not much filler, I'd say. And it came after Teflon Dawn and Rich Forever. It was it was a really nice uh, end of that trilogy of like really good Ross albums. I find. I think God forgives. I don't was slept on. I'm not saying it's 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 a it's a five star and it's a classic and, but I think it was. Um, it's overlooked. People the, don't do it. They, people don't do it justice. Diced pineapples. Yeah. Song with Drake and Wale. Mm-hmm. There's the "Hold Me Back" mm-hmm. anthem that probably didn't stop playing forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixteen with uh, Andre Three Thousand. That's yeah. like a eight minute song. I find it great, and it brings back the meaning of a collective. Yeah. You have your odd future that was doing great. 
you have your Maybach music that's doing phenomenal and is probably running that whole thing. And you have your TV top dog entertainment. Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, Absol, J-Rock. At the time, we're just four. In 2012, they were just four. Mm-hmm. Maybe Isaiah Rashad was there. Maybe. And that year started off with Schoolboy Q in January, mm-hmm. Habits and Contradiction. Yeah. Which was in my rotation for that whole year. Mm-hmm. Till Good Kid Mad City came out, Habits and Contradiction by Schoolboy Q was in my rotation all year around. He brought back the gangster with an attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, like he brought back that mean, angry Ice Cube. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. But like at the same time, he was depressed and on insane amount of drugs. And he just like brought something back. And I remember working in the warehouse and Shane, our old boss, told me one day when I was listening to him, he's like, what the fuck are you listening to? And I was like, finally something that uh, I've been waiting for. It was like it was like a calling. It was like, mm-hmm. here's something that's finally what you want. That album was, here is the fucking, you want that gangster rap? You want it to sound angry? Here it is. Mm-hmm. And it fucking took off from there. It's a better record than Section 80. And that's one of the reasons in the last episode I highlighted that I'm not a big fan of Section 80. When this came out, we were already getting ready for what was next uh, of Kendrick. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, Habits had set the bar higher for Kendrick. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think I think well, we disagreed on the Danny Brown album sometimes, which which is his best. This to me is the best Schoolboy Q album better than Blank Face. Blank Face is like a perfected version of habits and contradiction oh, i don't find them anything alike i find this is more it's more raw like you say it's more angry it's just a good full-length album or mixtape or again whatever it is no you have to pay for this it wasn't a mixtape you couldn't okay. get it free uh pitchfork gave it pitchfork was on this yeah a lot of people were when this came out yeah he made a lot of noise and, and having and having heard section 80 it, there wasn't was I didn't hesitate to go to it right away when people yeah. were saying like this is that good. It was looking to me like maybe Kendrick was not the TD leading member. Let's no, say. because till Good Kid, Mad City, people were on this. Right. But like I was a bit late with this stuff, so like I was listening to Section Eighty and this, mm-hmm. but Habits would would play over and over and over and over again. Uh, Absol dropped Control System Yeah Which I loved When it came out Which I still think Is probably The most Underrated TDE project Absol's Control System Is probably The most underrated TDE project Because He does not get Any props at all Yeah Like zero And He's so different and sometimes he's so different that it's weird because he raps so weird. And I just find that that album was, again, he was not afraid to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into what he was talking about because it's really more complex than when that and explaining. You just you need to listen to the music. But it was like it's, it's weird hip hop, but it's there. It's in your face. Yeah. And it doesn't sound... Like, and this is what I love about TDE is none of them sound alike. Your Kendricks don't sound like your Schoolboy Qs. Your Schoolboy Qs don't sound like your Absols. And your Absols don't sound like your J-Rocks. Mm-hmm. And then all the other ones don't sound like the Isaiah Rashads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, all these guys to where Maybach, it's kind of all in the same boat. To where Odd Future, besides Frank... It's kind of all in the same boat to where. Well, they're all they're all very in Not Future. They're all very like musically, uh, like the internet and uh, and uh, Frank Ocean. Even Tyler, as of late, is more like them yeah. than he used to be. But TD, yeah, I get what you mean. TD, everybody is different. They had characters. 
And what I found about TDE, which is obviously the cliche being where they're from and everything, they reminded you, because they were less than a Wu-Tang, they reminded you of NWA when you first heard of them. Oh, yeah. Death Row. Big time. Like, like they all had their characters and their individual characters almost resembled those of the NWA guys. Exactly. J-Rock was the MC Ren. You had... Uh, Ice Cube and Schoolboy Q. He was actually probably a hybrid between Schoolboy Q, uh, between uh, Easy and Ice Cube, mm-hmm. if you want to look at it that way. I mean, Kendrick would be. Fuck. Kendrick, sometimes, sometimes I would keep him out of the NWA, but be more like a Tupac of Death Row. In a way, yeah. But, like, these guys were just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all... not just drawing comparisons for fun, but yeah. like No, but the, your comparisons are good because a lot of people compare Schoolboy Q. There's that stupid Instagram thing that's always a picture of J. Cole and then it cuts off and it's Nas. There's always a picture of Childish Gambino that always cuts up to Andre 3000 and whoever did that, you're a fucking idiot. Instagram accounts are so corny. Yeah, like, anyways, my yes, I agree with you. It, and Insta- like, things like complex, I know we're getting off topic, but things like complex, like they got to start getting creative, because I can't see another picture of stack of Kanye CDs with a caption that says "Pick one." We do this once a month. <laughs> or what's the other thing they do that's really annoying? One's gotta go. Yeah get rid of one of the four like it's 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 jesus is king or yay and get the people and the people that fucking spend their time answering, answering every one yeah, of them yeah, yeah. you're as fucking stupid as them and the other thing you got to do that they got to stop doing is the anniversary posts one year five year ten years seven year anniversary posts for four fucking, year come on six year they do all this shit is there really not enough to like they post so much crap every day you really have to throw that one in we got off topic td yeah but like schoolboy q was getting the comparison to the ice cube because of the anger and the aggression and the in your face fucking fuck you type thing so and then you had your kendrick that was kind of in that same box but a bit more out of the box. Sometimes I find that fucking Absol was out of that box because mm-hmm. I can't compare Absol to another and, rapper. Yeah, because he's so lyrical and like, like again, he's weird. It's like it's it's a small word to say, but he's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And I like all of Absol's projects, but the control system really stuck with me because it goes to show that I'm gonna put out Section Eighty. I'm gonna put out Habits. And I'm going to follow up with Control System. And mm-hmm. I'm going to follow up with these projects. And they're just going to always be good. Till today where Crash Talk came out. But we're not going to get into that. But these guys, again, were being different. And they were running hip-hop. And people wanted just more and more of them. But they're very selective of how they throw out their projects. They don't just throw out music to throw out music. Mm-hmm. Those albums that came out, let's be honest with us, none of them are just, I'm going to throw out a project because... No, I they're just, worked on, they're well done they're work, albums, yeah. Yeah, and these guys are working on their albums. Like, they're in the studio for months, not for a week, mm-hmm. and create an album that sounds like shit. Mm-hmm. They're putting the effort into their bodies of work. Yeah. I think the, the 2010s, with the exception of few in the previous decade, it starts like the craftiest hip-hop albums they're making music there there's textures there's layers there's new sounds there's experimentation it's not just like it was in the 2000s no bangers radio you're getting a lot of underground elements into the mainstream for the first time probably for the first time on this big a scale yeah and there's a lot more collaborating going on with well, look, you didn't really mention the Dr. Dre thing that his involvement, his involvement in the TDE movement. 
Yeah, for sure. Back in Kendrick mm -hmm. and the work he did on Good Kid, Mad City that we'll get into later on, mm -hmm. producing and stuff like that and backing these guys. You need artists to do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. You need it. But the, the, the main thing that I love about what TDE was doing is that they were backing each other up. Yeah, They were featuring on their albums. They were pushing each other. Whether it's the stupidest thing of tweeting or posting a picture of the other guy's album coming out and focusing. It's cross-promotion. Yeah, the, but they were the also, they're also, again, focusing on Schoolboy Q's going to put out an album. We're going to focus on him for the next six months. Mm -hmm. Not we're going to focus on him and then next week we're going to put out another album. Mm -hmm. No, they're focusing on their artists and they're pushing them forward properly. And this is what I love about these guys. And again, over and over, great projects. And Control System was was good, was great. I, I, I today, I find it's his best one. Um, hold on, I'm lying. The one, his latest one that came out three, four years ago, maybe even, yeah, f three, four years ago is his best one, but this one really kicked it off for me. Um, in other types of music, um, on the rock side, there's a resurgence in, I guess we call it post-punk. Um, everyone's getting louder. Last year we said how, last episode for last year, we for the 2011, we said how the indie folk stuff was still very present. It went from like the dancier stuff of the end of the 2000s into the folkier stuff. And now bands are starting to get loud. Um, a lot of these bands, once again, like we did with the artists, the uh, hip hop and soul, the soul and rap artists of last week. A lot of these artists this year aren't putting out their first albums, but it's like they're big ones. Japan Droids with Celebration Rock. Remember that, one, and I don't want to interrupt you, That's but cool. I remember when that fucking album came out, you made me listen to it, and I really enjoyed it. That album's nuts. Because it's fucking, that revival of that sound, it's mm -hmm. loud. It's raw. It's, it's, it's two guys, man, like, if you thought the Black Keys make noise, like, Japan Droids fucking kill it. This was, and we were playing this a lot at work, too. Because it was, because it's catchy despite being heavy. Or louder and, and not catching a cheese ball way. No, it's really it's 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 good songwriting. A couple of Canadian guys from Vancouver, from somewhere in BC, anyway. Parky Courts, Light Up Gold. This yeah. one is a favorite, a personal favorite from this decade. Um, it's raw. It's fun. It's silly. Guess that's all I could describe it as. <laughs> but it's the type of album that the songs just flow one into the next. And before you know it, you're done. Pretty short album. Songs are all short. But a really fun uh, listening experience. Because I find like with this type of album, you kind of lose track of how far you get. The transitions are part of the, the, the what's so good about the album. Not knowing, or well now that I know the album, but like, Getting through the album is a breeze. It's like you just run right through it. But all these albums, aren't they all not long? They're all not long, but this one had this had really nice transitions from song to song. So it felt like you were not, you were still hearing the same song. Okay. Uh, Cloud Nothing's Attack on Memory, another very loud uh, band from Ohio, I believe. These guys are really good. Uh, their their later stuff. There was an album after this that did really that was really good, but Attack on Memory, probably their best album. But what was the album that we would listen to together a lot at work? Was it because there was I remember there was Japan Droids. Yeah. And was it this Cloud Nothing or was it the one after? Because there was a one I liked too, that was very punk. It may have been the one after. The okay. one after I listened to a shit ton. But this one, I did, I mean, I listened to both those a lot. I don't remember which one it was. What you like more about this one, though? I I actually like the other one better. Really? Yeah, the, 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 the following one. But this one, what I liked so much was it had a bit of that, 
I don't want to call it that emo kind of. The singing tones were a little more on the emo side. Okay. I'm saying like not emo, like 2000s emo, but 90s good emo. That doesn't exist no more, that emo. Huh? No, not really. Okay. But it had that kind of, uh, that, that came back a bit too later in the decade, but it had a bit more of that like whiny, raspy, but also screaming. It was... Like refused? No. Like... Because Refused know. had that fucking singing glass jaw. No, 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 no. It's not. It, I don't know who. I I wouldn't know who I could compare it to that you'd know. It wasn't those guys. It had a lot more of like the um, hot snakes type of. You okay. don't know hot snakes. I don't. I don't think you know hot snakes. I know hot hot heat. No, 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 no. We're way off. Anyways, they had like, <clears throat> they had a really. They they they're good. And. uh a last album to mention the men had a great album called open your heart which was on a really cool label called sacred bones that had uh quite a few good indie artists that never quite pierced i think the men was one of the more successful artists on that label i know zola jesus was on that too but uh 2012 uh was also a big a big year on something else which was bandwagon for hip hop artists. Yeah, because hip hop's starting to become uh, everything, everyone's favorite genre now, because yeah. of all these mixtapes and free artists. Yeah, and there was another huge hype album that came out that year, Two Chains, based on a true story. People were fucking waiting and waiting because of his true mixtapes and all that stuff and based on a true story came out and we were like well i liked it you were like meh it was bland but there was a huge bandwagon and it just i just want to jump back to the loud bands okay go for it ty Segal. yes twins his album with white fence called hair that just came back to me and I think he also had what I thought was his best album um, Slaughterhouse with Ty Seagal Band also in 2012 three, uh, three great albums that year for him probably the loudest guy around uh, that year and I missed him continue so the the 2 chains bandwagon where he's gonna put out in a classic he's gonna put out a classic and he put out in a classic and it was not a classic. It was very not a classic. He had his hits, the birthday song. What was the other song? He had a song with fucking Juicy J, I think, on that. A song with Lil Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. There Drake. Was Drake, yes. Which was... Good song. No lie, was probably yeah, yeah, yeah. on the album. Probably second, third best song on the album. Yeah. Because that was a really good song. But the bandwagon of these guys are going to put out classics. These guys are going to put out classic, And it's just... It's an good album it's a okay album did it stand the test of time probably not because i've never i have never got gone back to that two chains album that's not a two chains album for me to go back to there was the bandwagon for chief keef mm -hmm. he put out finally rich after some mixtapes i think he had as well he yeah was the, teasing. yeah yeah a couple of mixtapes and he had that song i don't like i don't like that three hundred was big too. Three hundred was big, but the album again, stale. Like about five good tracks out of seventeen, sixteen songs, and everything else is just either sounds the same or is not good. Mm. And the I don't like song puts me into my the cruel summer, mm -hmm. where again another anticipated album, people going ballistic for. I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. And it comes out. And before I tell you my opinion, your opinion on that on that album, because we were waiting for it. Well, it was led up again with singles in the same way that Beautiful Dark was. So you got Mercy, you got New Godfall, and I think you got Click before yep. the album came out. Yeah, exactly. Those three. And Cold. 
the Khaled song called? It yeah. had a different name. Terraflu. That's it. It was called Terraflu first. Um, when those four songs come out, the hype is guaranteed going to be there. Oh, for sure. It's through the roof. So, I mean, again, the collaboration. After Watch the Throne came out, yes, I was on a high in some sense, but he started, Connie started getting too much into the collaborating. And that was never really his strong point, if you ask me. So I kind of had a feeling this wouldn't be that good. I wasn't a fan of the Maybach albums, even though they did well. But I had some expectation for this. Because look at those songs that are coming out. Right. It's fucking... It's anthems. Mm -hmm. Or it's just amazing songs. Yeah. And the album is not listenable, in my opinion. Uh, it's it's below yay. I'm not I'm not trying to be like mean or anything, but it's below Jesus is King. Not those four songs, though. No, but if you if you're listening to a full body of work, I'd rather listen to the 27 minutes of average Jesus is King. That's a body of work. Yeah, versus an hour of, okay, there's these great songs, but a bunch of crap. But again, this is, people thought it was going to be like a another Kanye album-ish. He promoted it as, as though it would be. But it's a collective. It's again, we're yeah. falling into the collective. Yeah. Here's good music. Here's all these songs. I'm not going to be on all of them. I'll have my hand in all of them. But he's also pushing different artists on there. Pusha T, Travis Scott, Two Chains, which people thought Two Chains was part of good music, but he never was. Mm -hmm. uh, who he else? is. Is he not? No, he's not. He's not. Uh, who else was he pushing on there? Big Sean. Big Sean. He's pushing like. Jay Z came back with some decent verses on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's pushing. All kinds of different artists. Did she, you said Pusha T? Yeah, I said Pusha T. Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor. Travis Scott. Yeah, Travis Scott, I said. You said, oh, fuck, yeah. Uh, where Common. Oh, that other guy. Sci High. Sci High the Prince. But the Sci High. What's he doing? <laughs> he's supposed to come out with a seven song album produced by Kanye West two years ago or last year. Oh, uh, with the other ones. Yeah. Um, so he's pushing all these guys. So it's a it's more of a various artist collective album. Hmm. Common is on their one song. Yeah. Uh, Sci is their two songs. Mm -hmm. uh, Q Tip was supposed to be on there. Mm -hmm. Mace is on there. Mm -hmm. uh, who else is on there? Jada Kiss is on there. Mm -hmm. uh, so like it kind of was all over the place because you're supposed to get this collective, but you're putting more featureings. Mm -hmm. R Kelly is on there. Mm -hmm. Like. It's, it wasn't it wasn't well put together. No. It wasn't well put together. No, it was not. But those four standout songs... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a league of their own. They're like New God Flow, mm -hmm. where the single came out, and it's Pusha T and Kanye West. Mm -hmm. And then the album comes out. First of all, New God Flow, there's a sample of... Ghostface's... Uh... Mighty Healthy. Mighty Healthy. And then the album comes out and there is... A Ghostface verse. There's New God Flow. It's called New God Flow 1.5 or 2.0. I think it's 2.0. And there is a Ghostface killer featuring at the end, which Pusha T had no idea that this was on the song. Kanye West surprised him with this. And to me is... Yeah, it's a crazy ghost verse. <laughs> it's a crazy ghost face verse. It's like one of the... Like, I, I, I screamed louder than I think anybody else would have screamed when I heard that. Hmm. So, like, it just wasn't well put together. But again, it's collective. It's, But it was a bandwagon. Yeah. It's going to be the greatest thing that's ever come out. When's Cruel Winter coming out? Don't need it. <laughs> no.
I think uh, I think it's time for one of those breaks. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Uh, we're gonna come back with some good stuff. We're back with uh, more 2012 talk. So um, next album is not a mixtape nor a collective album. Yeah, just something we want to talk about. 2012 was one of those rare years where at the end of the year, there were two albums that were equally as good contending for album of the year on pretty much every music site, every music blog, every music magazine. It was basically you were on this album as your favorite or on this other album as your favorite. It happens to be that the all-time podcasts were also not on the same page as to what the best album of 2012 was. We're never on the same page. We rarely are. <laughs> it's happened. It's happened. But this year we follow the popular trend of not agreeing with each other. No. The first album, which was my favorite that year, and which will not be in my top five at the end or my five at the end because we're talking about it now, was... Same. Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. I, as I said, last episode, liked Nostalgia Ultra, but not enough to understand what could possibly be next for this artist. Oh, I agree, for sure. It kind of just felt like, we'll see when it happens. Like, you know, like how you should be with most albums. Yeah. And the first thing that happened when I hit play on this album was it took me back to my PlayStation starting up, which was already right there. There was a a, a kick of nostalgia on this Channel Orange album. Thinking about you. Fertilizer, Sierra Leone, Sweet Life. Um, Fucking whatever, I'm not even going to say it. Then you're heading into Super Rich Kids, which features Earl, someone else we were waiting for. who we'll talk about him later as well in another episode, but we get another taste of him on an al- on a commercial album. So it almost starts to feel like these Odd Future guys are like, they're like a, the weird success story and they're, you're starting to see them more on people's projects in the mainstream. It's surreal in a way that they're breaking out this fast or that they're breaking out at all uh, I'm not going to continue through the track list but halfway through the album Pyramids mm. Mm. That which song. is just a fucking 10 minute masterpiece that song at exactly halfway through the song or halfway through the album the beat drops to the second part of the song. Oh. Flawless. Lost follows up. White featuring John Mayer. Bad Religion. <laughs> Pink Matter. Andre 3000's on that. Hello. Forrest Gump. People have heard it. I'm going through the track list that people heard already. So I, I'm... This album was... Uh, and still is something I go back to regularly. Probably something I like more than Blonde. I love Blonde, but... This one had another one of those weird releases too. Yeah, but this compared to Blonde is two different things. It's like, it's not the same album. It's not the same style. It's easier. This... Than blonde, yes, it's easier. 
Blonde is easier, you're saying? No, this is easier. Oh, yeah, for sure. Blonde is blonde is weird. Look at... Blonde is weird. It's a weird album. To this day, I think China Orange is way better than Blonde. Way better. Way, way better. Mm. But people say that I'm deaf, and Pitchfork will tell me I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> because it's number one on their list, and I think they're fucking deaf. But, man, this is a very easy listening, but... There's so much genius in this. Mm. I, this was, let's be honest with each other. And I'm probably going to say the exact same thing about the next album. But this was like a punch in our face of greatness. Next album. So I picked over this album as my favorite album that year was Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm which I thought was a took me about 10 to 15 listens to and I mentioned this in the top 100s that it took me a while to say this was great took me like I said 10 to 15 listens for me to say this was great I needed to understand the album I needed to understand what he was doing it is totally different than section 80 let's be honest with each other section 80 is way different than this He's more, I find he's more mature on this. He's a better storyteller. Mm. He's giving you his life, but he's painting the picture so perfectly. Like you have every, you know everything that's going on. It's It, it, it flows so well. Mm. And I think that for somebody to do this coming from where he comes from and to do it as good as he did it mm -hmm. being backed by Dr. Dre who just executive produced it he had no beats on this album Dr. Dre didn't produce one beat mm -hmm. I think the biggest producer on this would be Pharrell and Just Blaze Pharrell also had worked on Channel Orange Pharrell is just anyways uh, but I picked this album because it's a hip hop album and Greatness comes with time. And for it to grow on me and mm -hmm. for me to understand it, like it like I I lived with the album way more. Like I went through emotions with the album and I it, it grew a lot more with me. And like just you went through the track list, just the way the album starts off with Shireen, aka Master Splinter's daughter, it's probably it's it's the most underrated song on this album. But to kick off an album to where you're praying and then it just brings you to like it starts off with the end mm -hmm. and brings it to the beginning and then he starts telling you a story of how he met a girl at a party and it started his journey throughout mm -hmm. the album yeah uh bitch don't kill my vibe which you were right 110 percent about this song uh backseat freestyle nobody's rapping like that in 2012 yeah uh art of peer pressure another great storytelling track money trees which has grown to be my favorite song on the album poetic justic with drake using the janet jackson sample good kid the mad city track with mc8 swimming pools and then to me where the album picks up in a way that's totally different is sing about me i'm dying of thirst where it's a 12 minute song telling three different stories and to me i at that time i didn't hear an album like that ever mm -hmm. it's very lengthy though i find i find good kid gets a little boring in the middle like, i'm not saying it's a bad album but i, I lose interest it's not my favorite kendrick mm -hmm. and i think after sing about me i'm dying of thirst the album should have ended there because we don't need a song like real like that's my that's least one, yeah yeah that's my it's seven minute track right after a 12 minute track and it's my least favorite kendrick lamar song mm -hmm. uh it, if after it should have just ended with compton yeah because that starts off his career as a rapper. Mm -hmm. So it's just the story of it is just amazing. Because you could, it's, it's like watching a movie. Yeah. But we could argue about which one is better. 
it's our it, it's our so, tastes, yeah, it's tastes and stuff yeah. like that but they're close together on that on that year oh yeah everyone that year was either had one or the other at the number one of of the year and frankly that's how it looking back at the albums of this year that's where it should have been we spoke about really great albums that i loved a lot like the japan droids the parquet courts the five i'm gonna name after but this was absolutely the best album for me this year channel orange and for me and i don't have sorry to cut you off but i don't have, I, I i you went on about good kid i don't have much to say about channel orange besides that I just find it that good. Oh, it's it's fucking phenomenal. It's flawless. It's it's great. And I'm not the R&B. I listen to R&B a lot. I listen to soul a lot. I I don't. Mm-hmm. But for me to pick up on an album that sounds this good is different. It's fucking different. It's different than your weekend. Like yeah. it's way different than your weekend. It's cleaner. It's cleaner. The, his voice, his melodies are not your average R&B soul. He's like, mm-hmm. he's hitting notes that I didn't know could be hit. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. not your typical R&B. I personally like the, I mean, I like the guitars on it, so. The music, like. It was well done musically, yeah. It Musically is just on another level mm-hmm. because it doesn't sound like an album that you're used to when you go to that genre of music. Yeah. Sure. Like he to me, Frank Ocean is almost on the same level, if not better, than D'Angelo. Yeah, he has that. Yeah, do you I know would, what I mean? Yeah, he's. I find them a bit better. Yeah, I find them a lot better. I find his music resonates more. Yeah. As to where D'Angelo like. He stepped out of the box with what he's done, and mm. his music is very different than a lot of that genre of music. Again, but the music in Frank Ocean is way better. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I could, I could, I could back be, that up. I could be shat on for days because D'Angelo's people think. Yeah, D'Angelo, people say the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, but no. Uh, look what he did with Blonde. Blonde is is good. It's exper- Yeah. It's more experimental, yeah. yeah. And what's the other one he came out with? With uh, it's a fucking there's a live video to it. Uh, endless. We don't count that as an album, do we? It's still a good body of work, I'd say. It's not his best body of work, but it's. I put it even with the nostalgia. Okay, I've heard it maybe once. That's good. It is good. Uh, we're running short on time this week. Well, what time is it? We're not even at an hour. Oh, that's fine. Why don't we spend more time on the uh, our fives? Yeah, I like that. Let's do let's do the five. It it the year was really like, again collectives, yeah. pushing other artists. Man, we spoke about just fucking groups, the collective groups, mm-hmm. the bandwagons of albums, and you you're gonna see the trend in the next few years of hype around hype over artists, mm-hmm. and then they just don't. Like reemerge, you know what I mean. There's yeah. so much like you see all these artists. Another thing that's happening in these years is there's a lot of featurings of artists that don't have albums or they just have mixtapes. So when these guys put out albums, you start seeing right the, the true colors. That makes sense. You start seeing the true colors. So uh, the top fives. Go for it. Are you bringing back albums that you spoke about? No, we don't do that. I think that's uh, that's what we're gonna go with this uh, this season. So I'm not gonna talk the Schoolboy Qs. I'm not gonna talk the Absols. I'm gonna give you currency Stone Immaculate because that was a very fun album for me that year. I think that he stepped away from the mixtape circle and finally put out an album. I think that it lived up to what was said like he's not an amazing fantastic artist but he makes good music yeah so the transitions to from mixtape to album was good on a major label Mm -hmm. it was good his featurings were good his uh his production value like 
his production value was next level. He had this Pharrells on there. He had those those big producers, mm-hmm. even in his in-house producers, but it was just a well-put-together album. Uh, the, this is where I fell in love with an artist. And to this day, I could say that he's consistent. This is my favorite, maybe second favorite album from this artist. But when this dropped, Steve, and I hope you know what I'm talking about. Wait, and I don't think it's that one, but it's the second one. But when this dropped, I swear to God, this is the music that you put on when you want to go murder someone. Freddie Gibbs. Babyface Killer. Yeah, good pick. This to me, top five mixtapes all time. I like when when I first heard this, I was like, "What the fuck?" And I heard him before that. I had his albums before that. He did the, that uh, Straight Killer. He did something with Static Selector. But this man, I was just like, "Whoa!" And he was still signed to Young Jeezy, mm-hmm. the CTE label. But yeah. man. These songs were hard. He had Jada Kiss on this. He had J Rock. He had Space Ghost Perp, who also put put out an album that that year, um, Mysterious Funk. That kind of really sounded like that the last Easy album. But anyways, we're not gonna get into that. Uh, but this Babyface Killer was just fucking amazing. And to have DJ Drama scream in the background to each track just added more to it. Mm-hmm. And this is where I was like, okay, I need to listen to every Freddie Gibbs project after. Uh, that's uh, that's two. I am going to go with LP Cancer for Cure. Yep, a very personal album for LP. It's it's very dark. He's talking about his friend uh, Camuteo, who he lost uh, to cancer, lung cancer. This is it says it in the title, Cancer for Cure. The featurings on this: Danny Brown, Mister Motherfucking Esquire, uh, Killer Mike. It, it's kind of like also the start of Run the Jewels, like with what? Per- no, rap music. Yeah, rap music, prior, but yeah, it was yeah. the same year. Right before, yeah. Yeah, it was the same year. So these two albums came out and we spoke about it in 2010s uh, in season one. Like LP and Killer Mike came out with rap music and Cancer for Cure. And to hear them on each other's songs like that, it's kind of like the these guys need to put something together because they sound so well so that's number three go, please go check this one out if you're a fan of Run the Jewels um, definitely not gonna say Macklemore the Heist because that's a solid sack of shit and I do not understand what the hype of it if you come to me and argue with me in real life or by text or on Instagram saying that Macklemore the Heist was a great album you are physically deaf another bandwagon but I, I, anyways, I'm getting off topic. I just had to throw that in there. Um, Action Bronson. Mm-hmm. Blue Chips 1. Mm-hmm. Not the best Blue Chips to me. Okay. I know maybe for you it is. Uh, I like, yeah, uh, I don't know which one. You don't know which one. It's hard. I'd almost put them... Together, Together. (laughs) but uh, Action Bronson uh, and Party Supplies, the production is amazing. Just the first fucking song, that beat, that beat when that beat, (laughs) and he the the year before he came out with Well Done with Static Select, and that's when we started. That's when I started listening to him, and probably you too, because I remember playing it. it, Yep, we were playing Madden. In your basement. In 2K, NBA. Yeah, and NBA 2K2, and we're listening to Static Selecta and uh, Action Bronson, well done. But man, this is fucking great. Mm-hmm. This is this took off onto another level. Action Bronson, Action Bronson found his lane with this. Yeah. Using old songs, old samples. Does he really say anything on his songs? It's just good wordplay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really just good wordplay and how he rides a beat. Mm-hmm. Just look at the first song, please. If you've never heard Action Bronson or you know who Action Bronson is, 
please, for the love of Christ, just go listen to Action Bronson Blue Chips, but just the first song <laughs> featuring Rock Marciano. So I'm at four now, I think, right? Yeah, one more. One more. Fuck. The best thing about this is watching you arrive with a list <laughs> of 11. No, there's more than 11 on this list. But you know you're only going to talk about five. Fuck, there's something that's... This year's hard because they're all there's a lot of just... You could probably hear the list turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to go with definitely not Nas Life is Good. Which wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. But again, it was just all over the place. Uh, Steve, I can't pick, but I'm going to go with Rock Marciano Reloaded. It's a good pick. What was your other option? It was uh, Riza. No. The other <laughs> one. Okay, the, the soundtrack? The soundtrack was good. The soundtrack was good. Uh, my other one was going to probably be... Uh, I wanted to put Big Crit Life from the Underground, but when I went back and listened to it this week, I was it just like... It didn't age too well. It didn't age too well. His Catalactica aged good. way yeah, better yeah, yeah, and yeah. is way, way better than this. Uh, my other one was going to be Gangrene, Vodka, and Ayahuasca. Oh, no, an Alchemist. That's your last one? Well, I just told you it's Brock Marciano Reloaded. Okay, okay. Because that... It sucks to say, but that CD fell out of my tower and bent. Oh, yeah, that and one, I was hoping you move that. Yeah, and I'm never going to get that CD again because it's fucking discontinued. Oh. But the corners are bent. So to pay homage, it's number five. Um, my five. I'm not going to talk about, again, Japan Droids, no parquet courts, no Frank Ocean, no uh, rap music because we did it in, a, in the 2010s episode of last year. And no... Well, those are the four, but though, like in the real life situation, those four would be in my top five probably for this year. I'm going to tell you a couple of other albums that won't be in my top five. A band that I love dearly, Beach House, came out with Bloom in 2012. Another one? Didn't they have one in 2010? 10, yeah. This oh, is their follow up, okay, yeah, yeah. which is often by a lot of people said that this is their best album. The black cover with the white yeah, dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good album. But it's overrated as hell. Another band that or album that won't be in my top five is Tame Impala's Lonerism because it's overrated as hell. <laughs> well, that was a good one, no? I preferred Currents afterwards. But my top five are these. Uh, Bad for Lashes, which is uh, Natasha Khan, singer-songwriter. Slow, mellow stuff. Uh, good mix of pop with electronic elements and piano ballads uh if you don't know of her this would be the album this would be the only album you need to hear i think but she's pretty consistent and she released a lot of stuff uh after this as well i didn't think you would put that on i never i didn't even know you were listening to that Baffer lashes she's she's great she has really she has really good stuff um the next album in this five is really important because I always saw them as the talking heads of my generation. And I'm sad that this band never was more than they were. They also went on to do songwriting with Solange and do things in the hip hop world. Like the guys from Vampire Weekend did, like other musicians in the indie world did. Dirty Projectors, Swing Low Magellan is one of the albums that aged the finest i'd say for indie rock they had they had an album in the late 2000s i think it was 2009 and then this one in 2012 and they never had another great album so i think it's really important to highlight them because they were important for indie music fiona apple's my next one i mentioned pj harvey in last week's top five saying that sometimes it just takes time before you like something and by time I mean a long time as in getting older time because I never thought you would put that on here it's important to highlight the songwriting that she has on this because I think a lot of the artists that followed like the Lana Del Rey's 
it comes from this. And I'm not saying it's 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 a direct inspiration or anything, but this type of songwriting is a class of its own above a lot of the like the the pop stuff that's accessible that everyone has access to mm-hmm. via the mainstream. She is so such a good songwriter, and so much of it is just overlooked. Mm-hmm. Fourth on the list, another great indie rock band. Jay-Z attended one of their concerts and that made a lot of noise, which is really weird. Coldplay? No, Grizzly Bear, Shields. Oh. Which is uh, their last great album. My preference, I prefer the one before, but it's not part of the decade. So Grizzly Bear, Shields, uh, it's probably their easiest album to listen to. I like that one. And it's full, yeah, it's really good. That's the one I liked. It's full of... uh, nice melodies and uh, harmonies and it's very orchestral and pretty it's a pretty epic listening and yeah one of the better live shows i remember seeing that year and last continuing the r&b thing was somebody that was doing it before guys like the weekend and the frank oceans and stuff but possibly because of that wave was able to break out now with Kaleidoscope Dream Miguel. Oh. Very, Fuck, that very, came out. very important album. Shoot, that came out 2012? Yeah. Man, that was good. That was a really good record. It aged well. And what I find really cool about it is there are elements of the 90s in it. There are elements of the 2000s in it. And even today, like at the end of the decade, the sounds are not necessarily aging too, too, too well. So a lot of albums that that don't age and the sounds don't age would be uh, something negative. But I find that this is really cool in that you hear the beginning of this soul movement through this album. Because when you listen to his latest stuff, it's, again, a lot cleaner, more polished, more well-produced. And this is like his... It's kind of like the beginnings of this sound. Things cool. 2012, man, was a fun year. I have another album to highlight. Not a sixth, but just an album to put out there. Because we're from Montreal. Godspeed You Black Emperor came back after, I think, 12 years. With uh, Alleluia, Don't Bend the Sand. That's the guys that don't, that's only instrumental. It's all instrumental and drone. And it was interesting. It was a good album. But uh, I think I think these other fives are really good. And another overrated album was Grimes. Yeah. From uh, who based herself in Montreal, but was from out west, and fucked off once she got popular again. <laughs> Grimes Visions. Yeah, that was overrated as fuck. We used to sell crazy amounts of that shit. Yeah. My opinion. No, it's fine. I I totally understand because those are people that I never listen to because I don't understand the fuck the hype is about. Mm. But yeah, I think that sums up 2012. I'm happy with that. Well, yeah, I'm happy with that too. Uh, thank you for listening, for sure. Uh, if you like shit music, please go listen to the Macklemore, the Heist album because it's pretty bad. And... Tell us what you guys think about uh, season two so far. We're having a lot of fun doing it. We finally have our mics back. Mm -hmm. Everything's up and running. We're recording at the same place we recorded season one. Mm -hmm. So we're not isolated in a basement full of cat noises. Mm -hmm. And And everything's new because we had to do it all from scratch. Yeah, I didn't pay anything for it, even though I wanted to give a, a, a nice donation. But that's where you guys come in. Yeah. You guys could uh, send us your uh, your uh, donations of any kind, and uh, imagine we would really do that. Send it. Uh, send all the money you want to send to Stephen at gmail Anything you guys are willing to pay, uh, I am accepting anything really. If you want to send me a, a check, send me a check in the mail. Text me, uh, and I'll give send you my personal address. That's it for uh, episode three, guys. Thank you so much.